0: Hello and happy new year!
1: Woo! (laughs) We hope you had an epic holiday season and are excited about 2024. Welcome back to another amazing episode of Open Relationships Transforming Together. I am your host, Andrea Miller. I am joined by my incredible team, co host Joanna Schroeder, and our amazing producer, Brian Atkins. Thank you guys. Happy New Year. It's so good to see you. Oh, Happy New, happy year.
0: new
1: year. I mean, how was it 2024? How'd that happen? I feel like it was just 2023. It's
0: like, amazing every year. I still have that thing where it's like, oh, when something happened in like 95, I'm like, oh, that's what? Like five, 10 years? You know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, no, that's like, 25,
0: 30 years mm-hmm.
2: ago. Yeah, yeah. That's when I graduated from high school. So it really feels that's the year. It's it's very uh, personal.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, we have an amazing show teed up. Um, We are excited to kick off 2024 with confidence and joy. And for real, today's show can change your life in a really beautiful way. We're going to talk about our mega, mega, mega mission to curb comparison culture. And instead of making 2024 all about the trope New Year new you, right? We've all kind of heard that from the, the women's magazines and so forth. We are all about, we at Your Tango and Open Relationships are all about new your real you. You see that? Uh, we don't need a new you. You don't need a new you. What we need and what you need is a real you. We are all working so hard. and And yes, I'm the first to say, I want to change. I want to be the best version of myself. And I'm working super hard at it. But I also know that what's core to me is wonderful and that and I and I know that's the case for you, too. And so your tango going back last year, we had I had this big epiphany around how comparing myself was dehumanizing myself. I had this big epiphany. I'm going to share the little anecdote in in a moment, but I want to kind of give some context here. And I went back to the team and it's like, oh my God, is it just me? And my amazing team at your Tango said, no, 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 my God, just to us too. And so what we did is we created this really cool research around comparing because it was like, is it just us? Like, are we hypersensitive? What's going on here? Haha, no, no, no. So back in September, we um, surveyed almost a thousand people. And what we found, the data, is bad it is bad and what do you mean the data is bad the data is actually good but what it's telling us is real bad about how we as a society are comparing ourselves and how it is fomenting such feelings of inadequacy is causing people to make really bad financial decisions it's causing self harm. I mean, oh my gosh! I'm going to read you some of the direct quotes that we got. Almost 700 people responded. They wrote in answers about what comparison culture means to them. And oh my God, it stopped me in my tracks. And we yeah. you know, to, to that 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 qualitative um, quantitative research. Excuse me. We talked to about a dozen experts who assured us this is this is normal. It's not going anywhere. So we are not here. Let me say up front, we are not here to say we're trying to stop comparing because we know there is something natural and inherently yeah. human about comparing. But we also know in the last 10 years, as social media has really been on the ascent and and becoming so prevalent in our lives, that it has also been this terrible magnifier of people comparing themselves. And so we here at Your Tango, we've got a pledge, we've got a movement. We're so excited to tell you about it all. And, and again, we want you to say, holy crap, I'm listening. I'm going to internalize it and I'm going to change my life because we know that, that yes, competition can can push us forward and help us achieve wonderful things, but we also know there's a really ugly underbelly that is dehumanizing and, and actually dangerous.
2: Yeah, and I'll just second really quickly the fact that when we did see people's answers come through and uh, us as members of the team looked at it, We were startled, but Mm -hmm. not surprised because I think we knew inside this is what is happening. People are suffering and people are struggling and they don't know how to get out of that. And we don't really give people the tools to balance a healthy degree of comparison versus, or maybe even inspiration with um, self. Harming type of um, self-hate for not being good enough or pretty enough or a good enough mom or whatever all those things are. Having so to enough, have that put in of, front of us.
1: All, all yeah. of that. Yeah. And that and that uh, uh, hyper magnification that's occurred through social media. Social media has done some really wonderful things, but it's it has an ugly underbelly. So I agree, Joanna. Let me just rewind just for a moment. If people are like, what are you talking about? Comparison culture? I feel like it's... Um, just something worth pausing to say how we define it and how we think about it is a pervasive phenomenon whereby individuals regularly measure themselves, their achievements, their possessions, their bodies, their life circumstances against those of others. And here's the kicker. So often those comparisons are warped, right? Especially if you're thinking about yeah. Instagram or you're you're taking that. That family, somebody took a family photo. Maybe it was the first time that family had taken had been on a vacation in twenty years, right? But that photo makes it look like, oh my God, they're having the best time in the Grand Canyon or Disney or, or wherever. Or what I'm hearing from my friends is, oh yeah, the you know fifteen minutes it took and the shouting that happened to get everybody lined mm-hmm. up, right? And all the ugly outtakes and and what it took to get there. And so what we have found in the in the survey and as Joanna was saying. It's alarming and it confirms our intuition about how insidious and destructive comparison culture is. Um, And that's why we're calling for we've got a keep it real movement that we're going to come back to. We've got a pledge. That's super cool. And that's why we're urging people to get on board with us to make 2024 all about new year, real you in a way that's beautiful, affirming right and and just something that's like great let's let's pull our defenses down a little bit let's pull the phoniness back a little bit so that going we can go from comparison culture to connection culture which is yeah. what the world needs i mean let's face it there's a loneliness epidemic raging there's a mental health crisis raging we want people to see and be seen and it can be scary and so i'm going to share let me just rewind a little bit too and just share what what tipped this off for me personally and a couple of anecdotes and and then just you know I know Joanna you've got some great stories and advice and again our goal isn't to say quick comparing but is to appreciate just how pervasive this is and what we can do as moms dads, sisters friends individuals to manage it in a way that it becomes healthy rather than destructive so yeah Rewind the tape. I was at a Tony Robbins event. I'm going to be talking more about Tony Robbins because I'm I'm a fan. And I was, honestly, uh, I thought he was kind of broke. I thought he was really bro, <laughs> if I'm being honest. And then my husband, Sanjay, told me about some really cool research that Stanford University conducted on Tony's signature Day with Destiny event. And I was like, holy cow. And, and the quick 10-second takeaway here is at the State with Destiny event, when you compare it to other treatments for depression and anxiety, they have, you know, at Stanford, so it's real research, they had two control groups, one using an antidepressant, Zoloft, or, or, or one of the popular ones, uh, mixed with psychotherapy. And then the other control was using psilocybin and maybe some kind of talk therapy. And the the methodology, you know, what they do with Date with Destiny was... Uh, led to more efficacious lasting results than the controls and I thought wow I hadn't heard that I was surprised because I I like to think I'm up on top of these things and I just like I said I kind of thought Tony was you know like nothing nothing against it but like kind of not my flavor so I said let me check it out so I ended up doing um the virtual um unleashing the power within event that they do and it was great so I said I'm gonna go I'm gonna like get in here right because I do um Want to learn and be the best version of myself, so I went to his um, uh, business mastery program this past August in Florida, and it was amazing. And you know, as as many of our listeners know, I'm the CEO and founder of Your Tango, We're a super successful, very purpose driven publishing business. I'm so proud of what we've done. We're outliers in a lot of digital publishing by virtue of having maintained profitability for the better part, way better part, the majority of the last seven years, especially as as our industry faces major headwinds. We've remained independent. And oh my gosh, the the impact that we are having. If you guys read, one day we should do an article or an episode just reading our reader letters because they are (laughs) awesome. I mean, honestly, it's so humbling to hear how we, Have generated praise and gratitude because of how impactful our content is. So big shout out to the Your Tango editorial team and our entire team because it all, you know, it's everybody that's making this happen. I know. Mm -mm. But I'm giving that context not to be self-aggrandizing, but to say we've done something really special and really successful. And holy smokes, have we ever worked freaking hard? If you're wondering, for those of you watching, if you wonder why my wrinkly forehead is so wrinkly, it's because I've been working so freaking hard. To do this thing that I'm so passionate about. So we're at Business Mastery. I'm at Business Mastery and then and some of the other entrepreneurs are talking and there are people there that have have not even started a business and that's not to be like not even. They're they're like an inspiration and you know get ideas and so forth and there are others that are at different stages and then others who were talking about the geometric growth they were achieving and it's like oh my gosh we've got a thousand percent growth and you know and their revenue is way higher than ours and I went from being Just like, hey, look at how great I am and look at how amazing my business is to like, you know, kind of slumping in my chair going, oh, you know, like maybe I'm not that, you know, like just like having that, that again, sort of dehumanizing feeling of doubt. And what was I doing? Comparing, right? Unhealthily. And by the way, I mean, crazy numbers here for you entrepreneurs, Uh, 90% of businesses fail in the first five years. Right. We know that. And your tango is we've been in business for almost 20. And so, you know, I just I was having this like internal tension like, oh, we've you know, we've achieved so much more than so many others. But that's the insidiousness of comparison culture. So many of us were comparing ourselves to who's if we who we perceive above us and ignoring our achievements and ignoring, you know, the the other things like so our revenue is not the highest. But I'll tell you, we have transformed lives. And that's really different than maybe a lot of news organizations that are providing information and, and maybe making more money than we are. And obviously, um, making money is one, just one metric of success. And so so I got in the airplane excited because I learned a lot. I felt really pumped up. But I also just felt this kind of hangover, icky feeling that I would compared what we had done and what I I was so passionate about in a way that, didn't serve me. And that's what, enab- you know, I just sat down. I quickly wrote an essay, which we have on your Tango. We'll put it in the show notes about my experience that motivated this this whole thing back to my team saying, OK, is it just me? Am I like the only idiot that's that's dehumanizing myself by comparing? And that's when my amazing team was like, oh, my gosh. Right. So that's what that that's kind of the little um, little burning ember that started this um, uh, conflagration. And and what we've realized and now we're seeing out on social media and and hearing from others what their experiences of comparison culture. And it feels like it's this thing that's really starting. It's it feels like it's in the zeitgeist. Right. And our goal is just to say we want to educate people and ultimately empower them. It kind of reminds me, I love the parable of the two baby fish in the, you know, swimming in the water. Two baby fish are swimming in the water and the older uh, fish swims by and says, how's the water, boys? And they go, what water? Right. And that's how I feel about comparison culture, that it's the water we're swimming in and it's so pervasive that a lot of us, especially on social media, aren't aren't really thinking about it. And, and but yeah, by the way, it goes well beyond social media. It's like, I mean, geez, people that have kids that are getting ready for college. Uh, what, you know, or what what college have they gotten into? And uh, I mean, holy cow, coming from New York, what preschool did they get into? It's oh, like, yeah. you know, yeah. that just and that, you know, who's making more money than me? And who's having more yeah. fun than me? And who's better looking than me? And who's got, you know, whatever. It's like, so...
2: Yeah, and it goes back because I remember even in the 80s growing up and seeing the families that I thought were perfect and being jealous because I knew what my family was like. And even with the best single mom, it was a little chaotic. And I would see this married mom and dad in a house with these children that were beautiful, you know, not secondhand, perfect coordinated outfits and hair tied, you know, whatever. And I remember being a kid and even as a teenager and in my 20s thinking, like, that kid had it perfect. And one of those families, both of the daughters ended up having really serious eating disorders. One had Mm. a life-threatening case. Oh, wow. Shoot. I just remember thinking, we never know what's happening behind someone's doors. And now with social media, it's like that one house on the block you walk by where it looks perfect, but you live on every block.
1: Well, totally. And I love there's a meme on, if we can find it, we can pop it in at least to the video version of this. There's a great meme on social media that shows this giant circle and it says and a little prick pinpoint that says, you know, this is somebody, the giant circle is somebody's life. And then the pinprick in the center is this is how much you know about it. Right. But um, let's face it, social media is so much about perceptions. And even as we show up in real life, we're all wearing our armor you know, we're not so many of us are not showing our real selves. And I realize it can be, you know, kind of trauma vomiting where it's like, oh, I just met you. Let me tell you about all my like childhood yeah. dysfunction. And that can yeah. be the extreme. And I realize that there, you know, there can be some value for people to be seen, to be open and honest. But what feels really good and exciting in in this work we're doing is to give people permission to keep it real. So let, let me just talk about that. So the we're going to read a little pledge, it's short, and we're going to have a link here. Um, it, and actually, we have a link here. Uh, so in the show notes, you can, um, it's on uh, change.org. We're asking people to sign this pledge and, you know, just as sort of a a, a little extra, you know, belt with the suspenders to say, you know what, I want to do my part as somebody that's active on social media to keep it real. And we'll talk about a couple of examples. And I would, my, my hope, you know, I, I've signed the pledge. My hope is that others sign the pledge for themselves, as well as you know. Let's face it, we're social creatures. Like we're all in society and community together. My hope is that we will see some bloopers. We're going to hear some funny stories. We're going to feel like a collective. Ah, oh, it's not just me that's working so hard to keep the pretense. It's not just me that's working so hard to, um, like you say, Joanna, to exhibit a perception of my life that is, it's one facet, right? And 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 we also want people to share their joys and their, and the beauty. Like we're not over here just saying, show us the uncomfortable stuff. Show us both, right? And so I'll share a quick anecdote. It reminded me, um, I took my son to see, we're big Chiefs fans. Woo, go Chiefs. Uh, we, even though we live in Colorado, I know, um, my, my son's friends like to call him, um, what is it? Um, bandwagon, bandwagoner. <laughs> All right. Well, we've liked the Chiefs for a while. Um, and we like them even still, even though there's, their season's been a, a little tough as a, as a fan. And so we went to see them in Bronco Stadium. We had our jerseys on. And if you saw the picture, the, the, the ussy, I don't even like to say selfie because I just take pictures with my kids. So ussy. And we looked, we were so happy, it was snowing in the background. And at that point, the Chiefs were still winning. <laughs> uh, um, and that would have been a perfectly reasonable picture for me to post on social media. I sent it, you know, as some uh, some text and so forth. But what that didn't show was three hours earlier in our hotel room that my 13-year-old and I were shouting at each other. It was like, I was 13, he was seven. <laughs> And he was being entitled. And for all you moms and dads with 13-year-olds, I know you feel me. I mean, it was just, it was foolish. And I'm I'm saying it to keep it real, right? And, And that's the kind of thing that I'm hoping a lot of people get behind. So as we're sharing these really fun photos and great anecdotes, like, so in the caption, hey, Nicholas and I are having a blast in Bronco Stadium, go Chiefs. Oh, by the way, three hours ago, you know i reverted into a stupid 13 year old you know just losing my patience with my kid hashtag keep it real joanna do you got you got uh any uh yeah any i you actually... want to add to that <laughs> yes you know, i was like fact, so many is there time yeah for it all? i do
2: i have i have one that even includes visual aids and producer brian <laughs> i sent them to you on our slack channel at work they should be loaded Um, But I have this beautiful photo that was taken last night, and I'm going to give Brian a moment to find it on Slack. It's because I've been thinking about this. Um, Yesterday, I had a couple photos taken by my friend and by her husband that look so idyllic, and I put them on Instagram, and I'm holding... My friend Cassidy's baby, who I held when he was three days old, he's like such a treasure for me. He makes me so happy. And we're sitting there. You can see it here. I'm holding him. He's nine or 10 months old now. There's a sunset. We're at Duke's in Malibu. There's a beach. It's just a dream, right? It's like, and then there's me so happy holding him and he looks mostly happy and I'm laughing and Cassidy caught me laughing. So it's like, wow. And there's Cassidy and me, and we're these little happy blonde moms. And, you know, the sunset is perfect. Here's the reality <laughs> I'm outside with that baby because we had to take our kids to this event where they had to display their manners. It was a school event, our kindergartners. And getting my daughter to this manners event involved crying on both of our parts (laughs) come on baby some some screaming um she had lied to me and told me that they'd already done the event so i never signed her up for it so they didn't have a certificate for her the whole thing was so stressful and so i took cassidy's baby and i took him outside and i was taking deep breaths because i was so overwhelmed So you're looking at this picture and you're thinking, look at this amazing mom holding this perfect baby in this idyllic spot. I was outside because I was like, I'm going to have a panic attack. Oh, my God. But I was able to gather myself up and this baby Mm -hmm. loves birds. So we were talking about birds. And then Cassidy turned around and I don't know what she said, but I laughed. And so I really am laughing. Obviously, it's not a glamour shot screaming (laughs) yeah and then Cassidy came in and she said to her husband take a picture of our family and he was like aren't I in the family and she said no and we laughed and it was (laughs) fine and and but nobody knew also how hard that day had been for Cassidy where she had been struggling because she hasn't Mm -hmm. been sleeping because the baby's waking her up and here we are putting on Instagram these idyllic photos (laughs) and nobody knows why the, I took the, the baby because yeah, she's the exhausted. Behind Why it. I went mm-hmm. outside?
1: Yeah, I went outside because I literally thought I was gonna have a panic attack. Wow, I, I I appreciate that, Joanna. And that's I mean, but that's that's the whole that is it. And it's like if you yeah. just live your life on social media, you'll say what the f is wrong with me, mm-hmm. and it's like there's nothing f wrong with you. I mean that that's yeah. the truth. But let me read and I, I just so thank you for that. Let me read just again. I I mentioned how tough some of these quotes were. One person in the survey your Tango conducted, without comparison culture, I would have lived an authentic and honest version of myself and probably wouldn't have self-harmed or tried to end my life when I was younger. And and that voice wasn't singular. I could sit here and read and go take the show right now to a very dark place, but that quote is very representative. And I do have a couple others that I want to share but I feel like from my example, you know, a couple examples, Joanna, to yours, to just how how dark and, and really dangerous social media can be, um, this is a, it's why I said at the beginning, mega, mega, mega mission to help raise awareness and help give people tools and ideas and context for how to manage this. Now, one that when we had Guy Winch on... Um, Last year, last fall, Guy is so wonderful when we were talking about, and we've been talking about comparison culture on the on the show, and we're going to continue to because it's so important to us. Um, I loved how he talked about, and especially he's got the best accent, when he was talking about um, how when he does comparison in his own life, he compares himself to previous versions of himself, which I really love, right? It's so easy to say, oh my gosh, I'm going to compare myself to Joanna, who has Perfect skin, right? She's gorgeous. I'm like, oh, (laughs) you know, versus saying, oh my (laughs) gosh, I'm, you know, I'm gonna compare myself. Like I'm somebody who works so hard as a mom, as an entrepreneur in a lot of ways, as a as a woman, right? And so I love that that idea of comparing ourselves. But even that can be tricky because let's face it, at times I'm like, man, I've crossed the Rubicon, I'm on it. And then excuse my language, but the next day I'm like, okay, let's cross that out. I'm trying not to swear so much on <laughs> Brian. If you can just mark that, I don't want to swear quite as much because I feel like it alienates people. So I'm like, Oh shoot. I just, I, I thought I, I thought I was in a better place. And the truth yeah. is, right. I mean, all of us, it's like our lives are sine waves. And if they were just flat, life would get really boring. And you know, we, it's like, I feel like we all need that, you know, that tension and yeah. excitement and uncertainty So I even feel like sometimes comparing ourselves to previous versions can also be tricky. I mean, it's great advice. That just hit me. I love Guy Winch, and I agree. He has the best voice. It's so
2: soothing. That previous version thing really hit me when you said it right now because I think, and this is, I don't need anyone to comfort me when I say this, okay? But I think I was a better mom to my boys. And I think part of that was because I was younger and it was new and it was Pretty much all I was doing and I felt like so hopeful and I'm sure if I were to, you know, rewind like this were a film and I saw myself, I'd be like, no, here's the way you're a better mom now mm-hmm. in these ways. You're more mature. You're you're most of the time more patient. You are not imposing whatever. But somewhere inside, I think I was a better mom to my boys than I am to my daughter because it's been so many years between them. And that's painful. But now that you've said it, I can kind of talk myself through it and and imagine that rewind button on that remote and go, you know what? You don't have an accurate memory of every single thing that happened 12 and 15 years ago either.
1: Well, boom, baby. I love that, Joanna. Thank you, because... Uh, I mean, something that has become so apparent to me, this is something Tony Robbins talks a lot about, is, especially as we get older, our memories are terrible. Like, I'll be sure I'm remembering properly. And then I see the evidence. Yeah. Like, oh, crap. So I think just as a life hack, like a ma- major life hack, assume 50% of your memories are inaccurate. And and not because people yeah. are deliberately lying. Um, and even the memories that we share with ourselves, like, and I appreciate your sharing that, what you're telling yourself, it's not that you're telling Yvonne, it's not like you're telling, you know, anybody else, what you're telling yourself gets distorted because that's what our brains do. None of us have perfect memory. And yet we think, especially those of us, you know, that are like oh, really self-confident, it's like, no, 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 my memory is right. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, like, we got like, it. like makes just me ourselves wonder if we... Grace.
2: Yeah, maybe we go binary on it. Like, I think maybe I'm idealizing how I parented the boys and I'm demonizing the way I'm parenting her. Or I'm maybe at some point I will idealize my job at Your Tango, which has been a great job, no doubt mm-hmm. about it. Maybe yeah. I'll idealize that and demonize whatever I'm doing in 15
1: years. Yeah. Because maybe that's the way our brains. was well, not that the polarize? good old days? Right? Isn't yeah. that how? Yes. I mean, how it's like, God, like you go through that prism of the good old days And there's something inherently kind of in that comparison, judgment, even if you're judging, you know, judging it positively, it's still creating a kind of a, well, things were so much better before, right? And is isn't so much of our society, like, you know, and, you know, not that we're going to get political, but I feel like a lot, a lot of rhetoric in, you know, in the news and so forth, it's like, oh my gosh, how terrible things are. And some things are really, really, really challenging, but there are so many beautiful things.
2: Yeah. So well, I you think- hear a lot about, like, the old timers, and now I unfortunately count us as old timers, but our parents especially, um, they do say, like, there used to not be so much crime. And mm-hmm. people who lived in our area of California often are like, there's so much crime. And then I just looked at some objective data mm-hmm. on Ventura County crime rates. and They have been going down, 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 down down and education, graduation rights are up, 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 up. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. Arrests of youth are down, down, down. It's incredible. But our memories, you can see why we hear about the bad stuff more. So we think yeah. it's bad now. And also, yeah, I think you're right. It's like, oh, back in the good old days, Ventura County was so pure and squeaky clean and maybe it wasn't actually true,
1: right? Yeah, no, there's definitely a, a prism that warps things, I think, um, individually and collectively. So let me share a few of our other stats that are arresting. Um, what we found is 62% of people indicated that it is super or somewhat problematic. That comparison culture, I should say, is super or somewhat problematic in their, li- in their lives. That's three out of five people, folks. Um, and then even worse, almost four out of five people, 79% stated that it is super or s- that comparison culture is super or somewhat problematic in the lives of their kids or others they're close to, uh, about one out of five claimed they compare themselves in unhealthy ways every day. And then just over half said one um, the one thing they compare themselves to most, uh, thanks uh, for the, the visuals here, uh, Brian, um, is, is compare themselves to others is uh, in finance, right? So people are making these really, dangerous choices out of comparing that are are creating a shaky foundation for their financial future and their financial well-being and you know and it's coming from a place of I mean fear I guess like and and perceptions yeah Uh, and you know and just as we were talking about a little while ago with just how how dangerous this can be at the extremes Um, I want to read a quote from this article that we wrote. Young people are suffering, and I think we can presume they may be even dying from comparison culture. Suicide is a second leading cause of death in the United States for ages 15 to 24, according to the National Alliance of Mental Illness. We know there is a strong correlation between comparison culture and mental health. 73% of survey respondents link comparison culture with depression and other mental health challenges from dealing with body image issues and social status to grades and other markers of fitness and achievement. Um, Sixty percent reported that comparison culture leads them to feel inadequate. Um, And then there was another big one, a couple. um, uh, Did I read this one? Uh, Yeah, actually, uh, two more quick stats because they're just compelling. Seventy one percent of respondents feel social media is the largest contributor to comparison culture. And 89%, almost 90% feel the problem is worse, that comparison culture is worse, compared to the last decade. And so, again, social media can do wonderful things. Yeah. You know, I'm not here to dunk on social media entirely, but it, it is, to me, an important call to action and and raising awareness, because it is, I feel like it's just, it's the water we swim in now as society.
2: Yeah, it and is. From- and I'll tell you, if you want to have a hopeful moment with um, social media, I I heard an interview with a comedian who got a letter from someone and he does very kind of dark, irreverent comedian comedy. And I wish I could remember his name. We'll find it and we'll link to it. Um, But he was he had a letter from a reader who said that she was planning on ending her life and she saw found one of his comedy videos And she watched like 10 of his comedy videos while she waited for her family to go to bed so she could end her life. And she laughed. And then she laughed again. And then she was like, maybe I can live one more day. And it was like 10 years ago. And she's still around. And that was a reminder to me, too, that I always want to polarize. Again, it's my instinct to be like, social media is so bad for our kids. And then I think of this teenage girl who was scrolling and found something funny in realized maybe there's something to be happy about it just
1: well and something that yeah something that that artist that comedian artist you know and i feel like that's the beauty of of great comedians even in the darkness they show our humanity right yeah it's like oh my god we're not alone right and i'm just gonna read i'm gonna read another one that just really adds to that just i mean not because i want to be macabre just i really want people to go holy crap i gotta take it seriously. So another um, another person wrote in to our survey because of comparison culture, feelings of inadequacy added to my drinking habits earlier in life. When I experience this, I often get suicidal, and no, it's not helpful, right? And so yeah. I mean, now people uh, kind of somebody could say, well, you know, it's not just social media, and I I would say I understand that they're you know people are are sensitive and they're some inherent uh, vulnerabilities, but I would contend very strongly that um, that uh, social media is this magnifying force. The data, the data shows it, right? So let's not fight yeah. the data. But now, like, yeah. you know, back to our pledge, the goal is to say, how can we use social media as an opportunity to laugh at ourselves, to keep it real mm. in ways that, you know, it's so, I feel relieved. I mean, I'm 52 now, and I've tried to keep the pretense up, and it's like, the more I feel like I can show my real self, you know, goofy, foolish, in in all of those ways, the better able I am to connect and and feel like okay, I'm I'm good, you know. Versus yeah. trying to, it's exhausting to keep a, a pretense and to it keep is. some version of strength and perfection, you know.
2: And then the people who meet you in real life when you do that, and I've met a few people like this. They don't know you. They don't recognize you. There's a a parent that I have run into, and I didn't realize it was this Instagram influencer because this parent portrays an image on social media that is so different than real life when the cameras are off. And Mm -hmm. my first instinct was to judge this parent for this. And then I was like, no, 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 no. This is tragic. And we're all a little bit this way. But to not recognize this person who's very recognizable, their image is, and then to be like, wow, nobody knows this person. It it really broke my heart and reminded me of like, listen, we don't have to show our worst moments all the time. Mm -hmm. There has to be some balance. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, that's a good segue for the that's a good segue for the pledge. And that's so. We're asking everybody to sign our New Year Real You, Keep It Real pledge. And I'm going to read it real quick. Uh, don't go for a coffee. Keep listening. It's, <laughs> it's not too long. Um, but it's so good. It's so good. And I, I'm just asking everybody to to sign it. And you know, if you've got kids who are on social media and friends, um, sign it and share it and keep each other accountable. So starting this New Year, I pledge to take a stand against the destructive, insidious problem of comparison culture on social media by committing to participate in your tangos keep it real movement from now until the end of 2024 i will make a genuine effort to be more honest and transparent with my social media post so that others do not needlessly suffer and feel inadequate due to what i have shared before posting i vow to pause and think twice about depicting my life as perfect like the lady you were chatting about joanna and instead strive to do better in showing off the unfiltered version of my reality for the betterment of myself my community and the social platforms i use i will try not to hide the truth behind photoshop super edited reels perfectly uh, posed photos i will try to find other ways to hashtag keep it real when i have a super cool pic i'm excited to share i'll be willing to say a little like what you were talking about joanna say that this is a 12th shot or share one or two of the outtakes i will also be willing to share what happened behind the scenes in the caption, even if it means saying, we got this perfect shot because for 15 minutes I shouted at my kids to line up and smile. Hashtag keep it real. I will also continue to share my moments of joy, love, beauty, fun, and wonder with the intention of sparking joy and forging positive connections on social media. I know that having the strength and courage to be honest and real and that sharing our authentic truths in all our glory, messiness, and imperfections will be healing bringing us closer together and can make social platforms wonderful places for genuine connection i will commit to move from a culture of comparison and extremely curated perception to a culture of connection and authenticity i pledge to hashtag keep it real so i'm gonna give uh, uh, our one of our amazing team members uh, kk kayla keegan who wrote that with you know some input from others but it's like amen. I mean, let's free ourselves, right? Let's free ourselves by not having to keep up with the artifice and the pretense. Yeah.
2: You know, it's funny because I'm going to ask producer Brian, who is the Kelsey brother that has the big beard and the lovely wife? Oh, Jason.
1: I'll tell you. Yeah, he's an eagle. I don't okay. know about football.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I was that was so sexist of me to presume that Brian you knew that, about football I mean, and Andrea didn't. I'm going to okay. call myself
1: out. <laughs> I'll be real. That was uh, sexist. you just cheated up so I could look how smart it was. Like like I'm a super cool football fan for all. Yeah. Oh, all good. Of the, yes. other football fans. <laughs> Who
2: am I? Well, so Jason Kelsey and his amazing wife. I've seen clips of their podcast. It's so it's so awesome. Um, they actually have a branded content on TikTok right now of that's exactly that with a holiday photo showing the shenanigans it took to get their family holiday photo. And I was like, I love this. And I do think that from what I've seen of their brand, their marriage is a little bit like that, where they've done a good job showing like she's annoyed with him. He doesn't understand her. Like there's this fun dynamic that at least represents some degree of reality. And I'm sure that they, like every other couple, has had terrible moments that they wouldn't share, nor should they. We all deserve our privacy. But to at least see that this super perfect athlete couple is not always perfect is refreshing.
1: I'm going to say this, Jason, Kelsey, please sign our pledge. Get your wife. Maybe get your brother. Maybe his girlfriend.
2: We'll take What's all, that the, that we'll take all name. the
1: Kelsey's. Yeah, we'll take your who's mom. That,
2: who's that girlfriend?
0: I, know, I don't that know. No, I heard no, no. Her. <laughs> just I'm just gonna shake it off for a little
1: while. Yeah. Um, oh. but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I love that, and I and that's the power. I'm so glad you brought up that example. Like, I mean, seriously, props to even if he's an eagle and he's you know trying to beat the my, my team. I mean, props for these people with power and celebrities and superstar athletes. They have disproportionate power. And they're yeah. giving permission implicitly for others to keep it real. And I realize if you're Jason Kelsey and super cool, that it's like there's a little bit of a maybe a buffer or an insulation. It's easier. Yes, it, it's, it's a privilege. In a lot of ways, it's easier. But it's like you know what? It, it is. It isn't so hard for for those of us who aren't celebrities and superstars yeah. to do that for for ourselves, for our family. And to yeah. your point, like the bloopers, they, they can be so funny. It's like yeah, and you know, set ourselves free. And yeah. Yes. It's like,
2: yeah, I so years ago I did this campaign for um, Chevrolet where I was talking about, I don't even remember which car it was, but I had to stand on like a bluff and give this, I don't know, like a talk about Chevrolet for brand new oh, content wow. that I was writing. And um, yes, back in the day when you could really make good money talking about a brand and then you'd weave your own brand in. Mm-hmm. It took me 45 takes. Oh, because, yeah, because I have a, yeah, I have a working memory deficiency. Brian has tried to work with me on setting up the tech the technology here and he's learned. I, I, I literally can't remember what to do. I have to have a list. So I would, they were like, you'll be fine. We'll have cue cards. It was so hard. And it was like again and again and again. And I wanted to cry. But of course, the thing that hit all of these, it was like YouTube pre-video, pre-video, everything was like, look at me, I'm a blonde mom out on a cliff talking about something and cars and sponsored by Chevy. (laughs) Nobody knew. I
1: was like, I'm never going to get this. I'm never going to get this right. You know? And you could see how influencers, in fact, I want to share another anecdote, how influencers would look at that and go, oh. Why am I not on a bluff talking yes. about Chevy and they have no idea because you've been working so hard for so long, Joanna, to get, yeah. the, you know, and I'm, I mean, wow, props to you for getting these amazing stories that go viral, your articles in the New York Times and you've got a book no, deal. Thank you. But holy cow, you've been Oof. busting your booty, you know, yeah. as a mom, as an author for over 20 years, right? There's no yeah. overnight success. No, um, but and I there's wanted... a lot of grief and
2: there's a whole novel oh. that's just in a garbage can that took years and years to write that's not good that's yeah. what people don't see it's... but that's like that's the,
1: the that to me is a compost i've tried it as an as an author and a creative person i've had to 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 develop the wisdom because it wasn't there to look at that what doesn't get seen as yeah. the the compost it's the fertilizer for what oh. does you know, materialize as as some as beautiful work, right? But without it, I love that. Well, thank you, darling. The scraps, um, yeah. the refuse, yeah. right? Yeah, and like, it's it, not like it, a bin it, liner. It's, no, but it, it it is the fertilizer. It's the compost. Yeah. You know, and for, like, it's the. I say compost because I think of compost as the organic material. Let's face it; you can mm-hmm. go and buy shitty fertilizer from you know with crappy chemicals on the gardeners. So I know about this stuff. Um <laughs> I think of the compost as the sincere organic matter that had to come out before the you know, before the the, the blossoms, the flowers, the carrots, you know, before all the good stuff yeah. could yeah. really emerge. It's like and it's not a oh shit, you know, that just a waste of time. Mm-mm. No, it's not. It really yeah, it, you have to trust that. But I wanna share, I we had a wonderful a videographer come and and do some work with me a few weeks ago. Graham, shout out to you. He is this really successful videographer that had this rock star lifestyle. He'd go all over the world. He had all these Instagram followers. He's like a snowboarder, surfer guy. He's super cute. He's tall and handsome and just so charming. And when I was talking about comparison culture, it's like he got really serious and like, you know, like, like the vibe changed quick and he and I finished the shoot and we went for a hike behind my house. I'm like, yo, what happened? And he's like, oh my God, I've got a comparison story, culture, a co- comparison culture story. And I'm waiting for, you know, something terrible, but w- he like completely head faked me. He said what happened to him was that he'd get all these DMs and messages to him saying, oh my God, dude, I want your life. Like I feel so inadequate compared to you how do you do it? Like, how do you, you know, how do you get to go all around the world? He's a youngish man, but he's been busting his butt for over 10 years. He's really good at his craft. He's taken a lot of risk. He doesn't, he's not a full-time anywhere, right? So it's like he's he's been in the gig economy and, you know, and willing to get out of his comfort zone. And he just said it was so dehumanizing to him to have, you know, to feel like he was creating... That, dehu- you know, if you will, that dehumanization where others were comparing and feeling like because of his success in his unique lifestyle that he was causing others to feel badly. So he shut it down. He's like, I'm not com- I'm not contributing to that, that.
2: That makes me sad, though, too, because I want him to have his lovely lifestyle. And actually, yeah. this leads me into this article I wanted to show you and you mm-hmm. haven't seen it yet. But um, Sarah Peterson is an author who wrote a book called Momfluenced. In fact, we should have her on the show. She's so interesting talking about mom influencers and the yeah. role that they've played in our society. So it really fits in perfectly with comparison culture. But what she wrote about was this binary we got into where there was perfect moms, perfect moms, everything was perfect. And then there came kind of an era of much she's saying, maternal dread. The the uh, article is called "Reclaiming Maternal Dread," where we just talked about how hard it is to be a mom. Or it's like this, it seemed like everywhere you turned, it was like this sucks. My husband's terrible. The kids are barfing all over me and sharing our worst aspects of ourselves. And then we got into this polarized thing. And um, the author of the article that Peterson is citing says Cohen talks to several mothers who feel as though they can't express their maternal joy. For fear of being labeled holier than thou, yeah, right? you mean. even oh, an aspiring right. trad wife. And I think that when we get down to it, it's it's this need to say who's good and who's bad. And we idealized motherhood for so long. Mm-hmm. We were so relieved when people showed the reality. And for some reason, yeah. this pain inside of ourselves when we're struggling, when we see someone who's not struggling, if we aren't trying to be like them, we're probably mad at them. Like mm-hmm. how and what judging. gives you the right? Yeah, what yeah. gives you the right to love being up all night with your newborn? It was so hard for me. What gives you the right to be able to always speak calmly to your four-year-old who's like screaming on the floor of the grocery store? What, what gives, gives you, you the right, right to do
1: gentle parenting? Yes, <laughs> yes,
2: a like, parent? I can't do it. Why do you get to yeah. do it? And the reality is, every parent in general is really happy and struggling. Yeah. And making us choose. It's so it's such a like it's, it's so like that feminist. Binary. Yeah. Yeah. That binary. like things, the, can
1: both, you know, this whole yeah. intention to me is where uh-huh. wisdom and maturity reside. Right. Yes. And this idea of being able to keep it real and say it is both. It's so yeah. like to me as a mom, like it's the greatest thing ever. I feel so blessed and privileged and yet holy crap have my kids brought me to my knees.
2: Yeah. And like what happens when we make You know, we have those influencers and they're the ones we see that are perfect. And there are still a lot of those. There's a lot of Utah, beautiful Utah moms who I do believe are very happy being moms. And I love their content sometimes. If that's making you feel bad, you also can sometimes drown yourself in the dread Mm -hmm. and then
1: bring yourself down.
2: Well, totally. scrolling. I mean,
1: when you think about, you know, people, you know, just even the use of social media, in terms of doom scrolling and and how we you know social media ends up becoming you know kind of this um this filler in our lives yeah. and and it is going to what we consume is going to to a large extent influence it's like you know if we're hanging out with people that are grateful like gratitude mm-hmm. is contagious if we're hanging out with people that are resentful freaking resent it, resentfulness is contagious, yeah. and I think that's also and, why social media is this big magnifier.
2: Yeah, yeah. And if we're hanging out with someone who's forcing themselves to express gratitude all the time, we're going to sense the
1: inauthenticity oh, too, yeah. right? You know, like and oh, totally. I've got to always
2: be like, okay. Everything's
1: going wrong, but I'm well, so that's toxic grateful positivity, that... right? I mean, yeah. not, There's been a lot of negativity on positivity, right? Because yeah. it's like it's <laughs> it's faux. and there, you know, I think it yeah. comes from a well-intentioned place. But I do think yes. there's been helpful, you know, for those conversations that are sincere. I have a, a, they're a Latino, Black Latino friends. They accused me of toxic positivity during Black Lives Matter. And it was really like, they're some of our dearest favorite friends. And it was like, yo, that's helpful. Right? Because I'm a, you know, I'm like a little, little cheerful girl, uh, you know, and it's like, I feel like the context matters. Like he, like they kept it real with me in a way, they didn't put me on the defense. They they helped me see their perception in a way that was different than my perception. I was like, "Yo, I appreciate that, right?" And but if they would have attacked me, I, I I'm sure. I mean, because I love them, I probably would have understood that too. Like, oh, but anyway. But I do feel like so much of it is how we are communicating. But I want to share one last comment. Um, I know I talked about just the the financial ruin, and I realize. We're in a society that is there is such a lack of economic justice. And I don't want to get into politics too much, but dang, it's 2024 and we're electing a new president. And so um, I just to me, you know, economic justice is at the heart of our well-being, because if you're whether you're a mom or dad and you have young kids and you're working two or three jobs and you don't have time to spend with your kids and time for yourself as a human being. The quality of your life is probably not that great, so I care a lot about economic justice, and we'll be talking about it in in future shows. And again, not to make it political, but I feel like whether whatever your political beliefs are, my hope is that we can all agree economic justice is you know it should be a civil right. So, one of the respondents wrote in and said, "I try to be frugal, save, and not get into debt, but I still find myself feeling inadequate when I see others my age with really great things." many of my friends with so much more than me are drowning in debt so i do feel we have a we have kind of created a terrible culture of debt and it being okay because of comparison and so we're at the beginning of the new year if this resonates with you i just invite our our audience to really think about what's motivating them so that they, you know, Joanna, you and I are like, we're freedom. We want, you know, we want emotional freedom. We want economic freedom. I just invite uh, people who are listening to you, our amazing audience. I hope to take what we're talking about to heart, to free yourself, to make your life, like I said at the beginning of the show, more joyful, more beautiful. We we do want to uh, transform your life on our show, um, but we can't do it without your participation. <laughs> Uh, so what do you, what else, uh, Joanna, what did we miss? And Brian, is there anything you're burning um, to add to our comparison culture discussion before we wrap up? I think I shared a lot of the things that I've been
2: thinking about and I, I my big message is like, let's find the balance. Let's yeah. not, let's try not to wallow in the worst in order Sometimes. to be sort of falsely self deprecating. And let's make sure we're showing the balance of, of, of the struggles.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to add to that. I feel like, and Brian, maybe you'll want to chime in too, because sure. I feel like you've talked about um, as a photographer, some of the comparison you've done, but I, I love the story. And I, I should, I, I meant to check the the name of the person that broke the four minute mile like 50 years ago. And it was like, until he did it, it couldn't be done. Right. And then he did it and it may not have been 50 years ago, but give me a little grace here, folks. Uh, after he did that a whole bunch of people did right so to your point yeah. joanna the beauty of of comparison and competition it's like you know the human spirit it's like oh my gosh we can do incredible things at, as humans for the right reasons to you know to to create beautiful art to set new records and all of those things to me are are worthy but there is that uh, ugly underbelly. So Brian, you want to share what, you know, for you as an artist that has has um, been on um, social media quite a bit. You want to share your little anecdote?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's like it's so interesting how how much this ties together with like so many things just to the, the fact that we're always comparing ourselves. And and I love like you were saying earlier about Guy Wench. like we should just be comparing ourselves to ourselves, because like if I compare. You know, my photography now, it's my photography 10 years ago. It's like, wow, like I've gotten so much better or whatever it is. And then, um, but you tend to like, especially in like fields that are really competitive, um, you see people that maybe you feel like aren't as good as you that are getting better opportunities or this or mm-hmm. that and you can get really jaded and, yes. and not think about your own times where like you've totally locked into a situation, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like where <laughs> like, You've gotten to do some crazy Mm -hmm. shoot that you just because you met some guy somewhere and it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, you would be complaining about the same thing. Like, oh, that person's not that good. How'd they get? And it's like the world is weird. You know what I mean? And it's not
1: fair. I mean, yeah, it's not always a meritocracy. Nothing Mm
0: -hmm. is fair. And Mm -hmm. there is just this like with artists, especially like um, I, I don't remember who said it first, but like there is this idea that everyone shares their like highlight reels. But no up. one shares what's on the editing or like the cutting room floor. Uh-huh. So like, there are so many things that it took to get to this spot. Like, totally. even in the case of photography, right? Like, you could sit there and take a thousand photos of of this one person or whatever it is, and one out of a thousand ended up being good. But uh-huh. That's the only one you showed. It didn't show your 999 failures. Yeah, and so I'm not
1: only yeah, yeah. Like, and I, not you know only 99 ways that it doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Joanna. And not only. Can you
2: take a thousand photos for one photo? You look at the cover of Vogue or anything. There were one thousand or more photos taken Mm -hmm. to get that one photo, and some of them, even the most beautiful supermodel, is going like this. Yeah, her eyes are just how it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's got three chins and just.
0: Oh, (laughs) that's what we do. We're
2: humans. (laughs) The
0: the higher up the ladder you go, the more like things aren't directly related to that photographer. So, like my first. like, you know, cover shoot kind of thing was really weird because it was like, OK, send us your raw photos. Don't pick selects. Don't edit anything. Do not do any- like they took full control and they recropped my photos. They re-edited them. They did all the things. Mm. And they looked amazing. They looked so good. I was like, that's me. Like, I did that oh, But nice. like, so it, it is one of those things where it's like a lot of stuff is also a team effort. Yeah. that you don't realize. Yeah. And, and there it's are exactly people that are, right. Mm hmm. So like the, even the, uh, this is the last one I'll leave it on. But I remember, um, uh, cause I've always been like kind of like lanky skinny guy. Um, the, uh, there was like famous photos of Justin Bieber when he was first doing his little transition into a bad boy. And, um, and he's like shirtless and he's like tatted up and he's just, you know, black and white and, (laughs) um, and I saw like only recently, like a year or two ago, like the, the actual photos and these photoshop, they've been photoshopped the hell. Like, mm. he looked so much more built and whatever. And the regular version, he looked just like me. He looked like the skinny weirdo like me. And I was like, oh. oh we're calling I wish I from now
2: on. Forget yeah. Brian. Oh, my Rest gosh, Brian. That's hilarious. That, but I was like, that oh, just man. warmed my heart as a <laughs> mom of teenage boys writing yeah. a book about teenage boys. That's yeah. so powerful, Brian. And you don't hear men talk about that. We need to hear more of that.
0: We really oh do. that's why I'm super pro like Timothy Chalamet taking his shirt off yes. and everything because he's even skinnier than I Good am not. and uh, like uh, so but he's like shirtless and everything and he's not like ripped or anything and it's just like yes different body types because like I don't know like uh, again I do yeah. feel like I perpetuate that in some way too because as a photographer and stuff if yeah. I'm doing like a fitness shoot or whatever mm-hmm. I'm going to get the most jacked dude I can find and then put him in some some tight fitting clothes and it's yeah. like so I don't know. Like, I need to be a part of that. Maybe that's what all, Maybe that's my new year's resolution: is I'll be a part of the like. Keep it. Uh, keep it
1: real. Keep uh, it real. Uh, Brian. Yeah, exactly. Keep it real, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. All right, I'm gonna let us uh, close up here with just a, a couple of uh, a couple of hacks. So for for those of us who face a, a comparison thing, um, right after we we watch or listen to the show, um, one is uh, from my dear friend Joanna. Uh, Joanna, I love what you shared what you say to your boys, and maybe Ray too, baby Ray, when they're, you know, maybe feeling a little blue about, um, you know, better athletes or musicians or whatnot, where you say, it's just different, right? And I just love that, like neutralizing, you know, because we can glamorize what other people's people are doing. And there's just, it's like, there are so many factors that we don't know about. And um, you know, how much effort was put in. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. So I love that. I always say we're doing something different,
2: or yeah. you're doing something different, or I'm doing something different. It doesn't mean
1: we're doing it better, but it reframing. might be different. Yeah, yeah. And I just feel like it's such a great neutral reframing. So I love that hack. And then I love the one I'm gonna give credit to one of my besties from high school, my friend Courtney, when she talks about like she'll she'll see something somebody really successful or whatever, she'll say, that's for me, right? Rather than being jealous, rather than putting that like, you know, sort of scarcity mentality out, like a little bit of like, hey, come on as 2024 people, let's manifest the most beautiful, abundant lives we can for ourselves. So I've tried to uh, adapt that, adopt that too, where it's like, oh, you know, that that trip that experience i i'm not big into like birkin bags or any of that crap like forget i don't need it (laughs) but the the experiences you know and that you know and it's like oh writing a best-selling book or whatever ah that's for me like it changes the energy right and saying universe that's for me i'm saying yes to that you know what i mean like to me i just i'm like oh i love it I like that you're saying that she can have it and you can have
2: it rather than 100%. she doesn't deserve it, I do. It's like I'd like to try to do that too.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's room. I mean, we are in a bountiful universe. There is so much abundance and beauty for us all. So to me, it's just that that energy of abundance and empowerment is It's a choice, and it's a choice all of us have, and I feel especially passionate because that wasn't available to me before because I was ignorant. Right. And as I've grown older and I've worked super hard to figure out how I can have a, the most beautiful, al- uh, you know, abundant life that I can share with other people. It's like, oh, you you start to realize like there is an abundance of beauty to go around. OK, that is our show. Thank you for tuning in. We are so grateful to our audience. We we sincerely love you. We are working so hard for you. We've got so much in store for you for 2024. So please join us. Please sign our Keep It Real pledge. It's New Year, Real You. And if you um, haven't been following us, please do. Please subscribe. Please like us. Uh, write to us at uh, tango.com and um, give us feedback in the comments. However you want to communicate with us, we are grateful and eager. We'll take the, uh, we'll take the praise, but we really want your um, constructive advice. Tell us how we can make this show even more amazing for you. We are here because we want to serve you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.
2: Happy New Year. Oh, Brian, (laughs) I like that dance.